As you board, please move across your car to make room for everyone and kindly offer available seating to those needing special assistance. If you're standing, please hold on to the handrails and stay clear of the doors. They will be closing in a moment. Thank you. Howdy, hey, and welcome to another episode of Disney Assembled. I'm Troy. And I'm Amy. And we are your happy little father-daughter podcast, here to create joy and share our love for all things Disney. Disney Assembled is sponsored by our patrons over on Patreon, Brenda, Danny, Connie, Andrew, and Alexis. Thank you very much, guys, for supporting the show. We really, really, really appreciate it. If you would like to join them for some exclusive patron-only content, including some behind-the-scenes videos. We've been doing those recently for our episode. So head over to our website, DisneyAssembled.com, and click on the little button that says Become a Patron. Also, if you're looking for other really good podcasts and Disney songs and music and all that good stuff, check out Magic of the Mouse Radio, 24-7, 365 Disney content there. We are a proud member of the Magic of the Mouse Radio family. You can hear our show every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. Check it out. Yeah. Magic of the Mouse Radio. We have a link on our website for Magic of the Mouse Radio also. So head there and click on that link. All right. Mimi, how's it going? You doing okay? Yeah, I'm good. You're a little tired. You had a rough week. You had finals this week, huh? Yeah. So you had some exams. So we have a three-day weekend here, right? So we get a day off. A four-day four weekend day for you. Weekend. You're off on Tuesday as well. So wow. Are you not off? I'm not Are you off, off tomorrow? I'm off Monday, yes. But yeah. I'm not off tomorrow. We're well, recording. Tuesday is a teacher yeah. work day for <laughs> Oh, cool. The school district. Crazy stuff going on. Crazy stuff going on. So we don't usually do a lot of news, but I found this week something really, really, I don't know. I, we, we need to do an episode at some point on weird things that people collect, like Disney stuff that people collect. Right? Yeah. So if you're a listener, if you're a listener out there and you're a like a Disney collector and you have like a, your finger on the pulse of all the Disney collectible stuff, we might want to be in touch with you about doing an episode because I think... Something happened this week at Epcot that I just found. I mean, I know some people identify with this, but I found this is the most weird thing ever. So they have these, you know, Disney does these popcorn buckets. Like it's a lanyard. It goes around your neck and it's like a big plastic. It's usually a character, like shaped like a character of some sort. Yeah, like the Simba ones. Those went viral. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think Orange Bird may have had one. I don't know. But this week, you know, when Epcot kicked off the International Festival of the Arts, which started this week, which I like to affectionately called the i farts so the i farts doesn't are, make any sense what, Inter- international festival of the arts what the is the I r arts arts at the end the i oh, okay. i farts what so the i farts started this week and uh there was a collectible popcorn bucket for figment a figment popcorn bucket came out and literally it's just a plastic bucket for your popcorn shaped like figment it goes around your neck and carry around your neck so i just from what I saw online, people waited. I mean, there were some people I think waited six hours for these things, eight, six to eight hours in line for a popcorn bucket. I just, 
personally, I just don't Dude, understand. That means that. you spent a whole day in Epcot. What's wrong with you? I mean, you've spent a whole day in Epcot, and all you did was buy a popcorn bucket. I just, I, I get it. I mean, if you're into that thing and you really needed it, I guess I, I don't know. I guess I, I just, I can't identify with that very much. I don't think there's anything. There's, I don't think there's anything at a Disney park that I would wait in line six to eight hours for. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, I love Disney parks. You know that. I mean, you love Disney parks, but is there, can you think of anything? That's the entirety of the SAT. Yeah, but I, I mean, why? I mean, I wouldn't even see myself waiting much more than an hour for anything. No, I wouldn't wait an hour for a popcorn bucket. bucket. I wouldn't what wait. I wouldn't. I don't know. Time. Look, we've said this before when we did the. You know, is it a deal? That's weird. Y'all are weird for that. You know, your your time is the currency of the park. I mean, you've paid to get in with your money, but time is limited there. And you mm-hmm. spend your time without it. Don't get it. But if you got one of those popcorn robots and, and if you waited in line and you thought it was worth it, fantastic. Let us know. I'm really curious to know why it's worth waiting six to eight hours for. But yeah, to each their own. It's all good. Anything so else going on? Weird diehard figment people. I guess so. I mean, you can't get that many people to ride the Figment's attraction. Right. But they'll buy his popcorn bucket. I don't know. We put the thing out on Instagram and our socials that, you know, do you think Disney may have wanted to sell individual lightning lane passes for that? I guess that would have, they could have made some more money. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll see. All right. What's so, going on this week? We, we've come up with a new game, haven't we? We, we, have, created, we yeah. have come up with a new game. Yeah. What is it? So it's called five plus one and it's really simple. So we have five things across all the Disney, I guess, like, you know, umbrellas, right? There's like the parks, there's Disney animation, Pixar, Star Wars, Marvel. Cool. And we picked one thing from each of those little sub genres and we came up with five things that make it great. And one thing that makes it kind of eh. So it's like five positives and a negative. Right. So five things that make it so awesome. And one that makes it, I mean, nothing's perfect, right? So the one thing we're kind of like, eh, not so great, right? We've come up with some stuff there. So I don't know. I mean, yeah. you may agree or disagree. So play along with us. We're going to cool. go through it and uh, let us know your thoughts on five plus one. It's a new game, right? New, we're, we're starting a trend here. I'm like, I, I've never heard a podcast has done anything like this before. Yeah. We just kind of go this and fly. All right. We're going to jump into that conversation here in just a second. But until, but until before then, right? Not until then, before then, let's have this week's Disney dad joke of the week. Oh, boy. Amy, did you hear that this week at Disney World there was a kidnapping? No. It, it's okay. <laughs> Eventually he woke up. Uh. <laughs> Get it? Yeah. Eventually he woke up kidnapping. All right. That was this week's Disney dad joke of the week. Hope you've enjoyed it. If you have a joke you'd like us to consider using on the show, send us an email, disneyassembled at gmail.com or send us a message on any of our socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Disney Assembled. We should also mention, since we did the Disney dad joke, we got a really cool gift in the mail this week from one of our very loyal members, one of our patrons. Over in Patreon, Andrew has been working. He's been get, dropping hints that he had something he was working on for us. Oh my god! Okay, shut up. I want to talk about this. Yes. Okay, the okay. So Andrew was like, "Oh my gosh, we did something." And I was like, "What?" And so it came in the mail the other day, and it was a pack of like eight hundred t-shirts. It was not, not eight hundred. It was like, like it was like, like six. eight or nine. Okay, t-shirts. And these these t-shirts are like the coolest thing ever. On the back, it says it's like there's like a little castle. And it says, and it's like 100th episode, right? And like, 
cute font. And then there's like a little microphone that's like Captain America microphone. Like y'all, if y'all were around when we did the little dress up microphone things, and there was Captain America that was Papa, and then there was me the Pooh that was me, and it was had a little text bubble, and it said. Mimi, how are you doing today? And then it's the other one that says, I'm good. And if you've been around on the show long enough, every single time, Papa's like, Mimi, how are you doing today? And I go, I'm good. Yeah. Every day. Every every single week. And <clears throat> on the front, it says, can I interest you, or can I tell you a Disney dad joke? Or like, ask right. me about a Disney dad joke. Something me, like that. Yeah. So good. I love these shirts. Yeah, they're really, really neat. We have plenty of them. We have to go through the inventory. I know I have one, you have one. If we have any extra, I know Andrew made, made a bunch of them and sent them to us. If we have any extra, perhaps... We can take a look. Maybe we can do a giveaway to one of our listeners. We want to give one of our shirts away. I don't know. Maybe they'd like that. But it's a special 100th episode commemorative T-shirt. Andrew, thank you so very much for your generosity. We really do appreciate it. It was really cool to get in the mail. And we love it. Thanks for the gift. We appreciate yes. that. Yeah, good stuff. Go to our Instagram page. You can see it. And we posted a picture of us wearing it <clears throat> over on Instagram and on Facebook and Twitter. So check us out. And look for our picture there. All right. You ready to jump in some five plus one? Yeah. New game, the rage, new rage all around town. All right, five plus one. So I'm going to let Mimi go first, and we're going to start with parks, park attractions. That'll be the first category. And the first park attraction for Mimi, do her five plus one, is going to be? Flight of Passage. Flight of Passage over in Pandora, Animal, Era, in Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom, yeah. yeah. All right, okay, so five so plus one. The five things that I think make... Flight of Passage really awesome is the use of technology. I think that ride is I I just think the technology and the detail that has gone into that ride is what it just generally puts it over the top. Like to be fair, like it kind of has an advantage over other rides because it's newer, but it's so cool. And like it does kind of use the sword in technology, but it takes it to like another level, I think. The technology is incredible. The queue is like amazing. Like, does it suck to wait in two miles of Q line, like yes. But once you're actually like in the Pandora area and you're not just like in Animal Kingdom on a sidewalk, it's so interesting and there's so much to look at. And like sometimes things will pop out at you and it smells good or like there's a sound. Like incredibly the world building that has gone into that is incredible. It's an interactive ride in a, in the way that you can like feel what's going on and you, you really feel like immersed in what's going on. And then it's the last one is that it's it's just visually beautiful. Like, that's it. Like, it, that, that's it. That's kind of all I have to say about it. And a ton it. of fun. It's so much fun. Yeah. So, but the one, like, negative thing, the plus one or the minus one, is the wait time. The wait time can be upwards of three hours. That's a long time to wait for an attraction. Way too long. I wouldn't wait three hours. Yep. So, cool. Five plus one. Five awesome things about Pandora Flight of Passage. And uh, one thing not so awesome about yeah. Pandora's Flight Passage. So, yeah, maybe our listeners playing along will agree with us. We'll see. All right. I picked, what did I pick? Big Thunder. Yeah. Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. All right. Five awesome things about Big Thunder and one not so awesome thing. So, my five plus one. Number one, I consider Big Thunder a, a, one of the classic thrill rides for a Disney park. Mm-hmm. I'd say coupled with... Space Mountain and Matterhorn, I'd say, are the three, in my mind, are the three original class. Not original, because neither Space Mountain nor Big Thunder was an opening day attraction. Right, but now they're like staples of the... Right, so they are sort of the classic throws. I think of the three, Big Thunder is by far my favorite. Mm -hmm. So I think one, the first thing that makes it so awesome is it's just, 
it's to me, it's the best of the classic thrill rides at Disney parks. Second, it's fun. You know, I'm not a huge roller coaster guy. And if you're not a huge roller coaster person, this is a perfect, I think this is a perfect thrill ride coaster for someone who's not into going upside down or not into going super duper fast. You know, it doesn't have huge drops. It doesn't have, you know, those things that make people really worried about getting on coasters. I think it's a great, you know, medium coaster for sort of the moderate thrill person. So that's number two. Number three, Dynamite Goat. I love Dynamite Goat. <laughs> There's the goat that you got to look and he's holding that dynamite. You just know at any moment now, it, things are going to get crazy, right? So Dynamite Goat, definitely our third, our third thing that makes this awesome. The fourth thing I would say, <clears throat> excuse me, is the actual theming of the attraction itself. Like you never really get the sense of where you are in relation to the real world, real world ground because it's the mountains that they develop around you and you're going inside the mountain, you're coming out of the mountain. It's really immersive. And I think that the, the theming kind of helps keep, like if you're scared of heights, yeah, you don't really realize that you are high right. in this ride because the theming is all around you and it's a really good thing to have. Right. And of course, the fourth thing is I like the ride vehicle. I like the fact that you're on a train. I that's love being, the train. It's being pulled by a real train engine. And, well, real. I mean, it looks like a train real. engine, right? And you're in train cars and mine cars. I just think that the the vehicle is really, really cool, right? And you can hear like the, right, as you're riding it. I think that's awesome. I would say on the downside, sort of my my plus one, because those are my five, you know, big things. But I'd say the, the minus one for me would be, and I think you mentioned it as a positive. I'm going to call it a negative. I'm not a big fan of the queue okay. of Big Thunder. I think the it, it's, it can get a little switchbacky. I mean, the one in Disneyland is much better than the one in Disney World, I think. But I'm not a big fan of the queue at Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. I wish it was maybe i know it's got some theming in there it's just it's just not my favorite cue that's fair i feel i personally feel like it moves really fast because once you hit the down like the the ramp that goes down like you're almost done absolutely you know what i mean and yep. so like it doesn't it doesn't seem to be taking super long but i don't know yep. well there okay. you go that's our five plus one for big thunder all right we're gonna move on to disney movies and mimi's gonna go first and she picked i picked beating the beast and i was really excited to talk about this okay so my five Plus things is it's a classic. Beauty and the Beast is a classic film, and there's kind of not, not much more to say about that. It's iconic and it has earned its role in the parks and in Disney marketing and its standing. It's also like really, really well sorry, really well done for a '90s movie. Like the the shot of it's like it's like from the chandelier down to where Belle and Beast are, um, like the cross shot to where they're dancing that feels like something out of an actual live action movie but no like they had to edit that and animate it and put it together and like it's it's so clean and solid and beautiful to look at um also the color choice is really interesting and i think it just it has its certain aura it has created its own mood around the movie and that is something that is admirable to me the music is iconic the songs are iconic be our guest bell something there the other one etc yeah, cool. The fun characters, like what? Okay, so what I think makes a movie great is when all of the characters are fascinating and interesting and well-rounded. Not just the main character and the antagonist and the love interest. The side characters are what make a movie. And I can we can do a whole other episode on this. But Lumiere and Cogsworth and Mrs. Potts, 
make that movie what it is because they're such great supporting characters. Cool. And the last one, it has a fantastic remake. I love the live action Beauty and the Beast. Personally, I like it better than the classic from the 90s. And that's such a hot take, but that's okay. Uh, my down, my negative one plus one is it's long. It's a long film. And when in reality, you just kind of want it to speed up at parts. Like, the, like I would cut out the entire part where Belle goes back to the village. Like, I know it's important to the story because kill the beast, but like, like, no, just it's padding its runtime and that's it. Yeah. All right, cool. Five plus one. And you would be, I mean, a lot of people think Beauty and Beast is one of the more perfect movies. So finding something about it something that about doesn't it make it perfect was, was hard. hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good one. I'm going to go with Sword in a Stone, which is okay. another Disney film. And and I picked Sword in a Stone because, well, we really like that film. And I know some people are, some people really like it. Some people are not so big fans of it, but I think it's important to recognize it every once in a while. So yeah. here are my five things that make Sword in a Stone awesome, right? Awesome. Number one is the fact that it is underrated and overlooked. It, I think it's one that's just a lot of fun. Like, and it, I think it doesn't get the love that it deserves. And I think one of the things that makes it awesome is that it's not one that everyone immediately thinks about when they think about, you know, some of those really great classic animated movies. Mm-hmm. The second is I, I love the characters in this movie, right? I mean, Merlin, who, you know, this is a really cool character. It doesn't get yeah. enough attention. You know, I think, you know, uh, you know, Arthur himself is a much better character, even though it's one of the things I'm going to come back to later. Um, but yeah, I think the characters in there are actually better than they get credit for. And especially Madame Mim. Yeah. One of the best villains, fun villains. And, and I think it's great. So character is second. The third is that it is just a fun movie. It, it's a fun. It's a quick watch. It's not a very long mm-hmm. film. You can, you know, it's over with. It's not like today's movies that are like two and a half hours long. The story moves pretty good. You know, it's got a few bumps in the road in terms of the smoothness of the story, but right. it's fine, right? So that'd be three. Um, what did I say? Story? I like the story. I like the story of like the fact that they took the, you know, the 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 King Arthur legend and they made it into something a little different, right? Yeah. That, you know, it, it's it's really kind of cool. I like how they did that. I thought mm-hmm. it's fun. And then I think the Wizards Duel. I don't know if it's number five Wizards or not. Duel. The Wizards Duel. Wizards Duel is great. I love the Wizards Duel part. Great stuff. Wizards Duel. That's not a wizard. It's a laser <laughs> pistol. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there you go. I, I would say, uh, you know, on the plus one side, the part that doesn't make it so great it is the animation itself. It, if you watch the film, it looks like it was done really quickly and it wasn't as clean with the lines as it could have been. And if you also, this is related to the animation part, you know, there are parts of that movie that sh- that are obviously things that they use in other movies that they just sort of copied and put new characters over. Right. right? So the animation wasn't the greatest for Sword in the Stone, but it's still a great movie. Five yeah. plus one. Cool. Yeah, there you go. All right. We're going to move on to Pixar now. Yeah. And okay. we're going to start with Mimi and you picked. Okay. So I picked Soul. Because I know, I mean, didn't pick Luca. That's so weird. So I think Soul is, okay, Soul is one of the most underrated movies of the last year. And I, it didn't, that didn't make my list, but that's, it's important for me to mention. Okay. Anyway, on to the actual five. So Soul is an incredibly calming film. I've talked about this like a little bit and I don't like, I don't really know how else to explain it except for the fact that I watched that movie and it calms me down. Not like in a comfort movie kind of way, but like in a physical, like it's a smooth, it's smooth animation. It's 
like you know like quiet coyote like that's so like like yes i love the joe character um it's gotten a really important message about finding yourself and i think i think soul has soul like inside out what exists to um send a message to prove a point about you know society and to teach kids how to like that you're not meant for just one thing right and that it's okay to like take a little while to discover yourself the movie is funny 22 like <laughs> i think 22 is genuinely one of my favorite characters i think she's i just like i don't know she's hyster- she's hysterical the movie is so funny the, char- the characters are likable i like joe i think joe is got a lot to learn and that's why what makes this movie great again 22 is fantastic under oh underrated is on my list it's the last one underrated movie um my plus one though um i don't know what happened to 22 and i know there was like the short about 22 but it didn't really answer much of the questions also i don't know if there's a sequel coming out with 22 as a human being on earth but regardless um we don't know what happened to 22 and that makes me really angry because i want to see what would happen to 22 as an as a person in the real world i want to see if her if her charisma is still you know active or as active as it is in as a soul yeah well, there you go soul i really enjoyed soul i like how you pick movies that have that are really good like beauty and the beast and soul and you were able to find something that doesn't make it perfect i think that's pretty cool five plus one there i want the opposite side i picked a film <laughs> that many people consider one of the not so great Pixar films, <laughs> because I wanted to challenge myself to come up with five good you things, five that. awesome things. And I picked Cars 2. <laughs> so I'm going to go over five reasons Cars 2 is awesome. And then one reason why it's not so awesome. Only right? one. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with one. All right, here we go. Five reasons Cars 2 is awesome. Number okay. one, it's a spy movie. You like spy movies? That was my plus one about Cars 2. I gave you that one so, for okay, free. Good. Well, good. So I got that one for free. I needed all the help I could get on this one. <laughs> it's a spy movie. I love spy movies. It's good stuff. There you go. Cars 2, spy movie. There you go. All right, number one. The second thing that makes it awesome is it's Cars 2. I mean, kids loved Cars. <laughs> it sold tons of merch. You know, you have to have Cars 2, right? What makes it awesome is that if you love Cars and you love those characters, now you have more than one film to enjoy them with. So there you go, Cars 2. Third reason Cars 2 is awesome is, you know, it's not a three-hour movie. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. It's, if you love Mater, if you love Larry the Cable Guy, you're going to get plenty of Mater in this movie. So if you're a Mater fan, this movie is awesome. It is the movie for you because it was really made pretty much for, you know, for Mater. It, Mater is sort of the star of this film. Okay. Right. <laughs> I don't so, know how that's a plus. Yeah, it's well, okay. I, fourth, fourth is, uh, you know, Michael Caine as Finn McMissile. You know, it's a British spy movie. You have to have a British actor. You have to have somebody in there that's a little sophisticated. Michael okay. Caine, Finn McMissile. <laughs> there you go. You got to have it. Number four, that makes it awesome. It's a true spy movie because you have to, it can't be a real spy movie without some kind of you know, British spy in there, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Right. And and I guess I have to have one more reason why Cars 2 is awesome. <laughs> Do I really have to have five? Right, five. I'm going to go with another th- another one is is um, Paul Newman's voice for Doc Hudson. Um, you know, well, actually, Doc Hudson was written out of the film. He wasn't in that <laughs> one. He, I think he was in the third one. So I can't go to that one. All right, fifth one, 
is um well it did good enough to have cars three so there you go so there are five, another movie that didn't need to be made five five reasons cars two is awesome give it some love guys all right no why is it not good all right so why is car two not good because it's cars two it's it's sort of the it's sort of related to for it's too much mater I, I think mater is a great side character yeah but mater is unless it's a short because the mater shorts were really good but Mater isn't a character I don't think that is solid enough to carry an entire film. Yeah. And pretty much Mater has to carry this entire film. So there you go. Five plus one. I challenged myself there. That was difficult and painful to, to painful to watch. It was painful to say. Yeah. So there we go. All right. Got a couple more to go. This time we're going to jump out of Pixar. Head over to Star Wars and you're going to go first. And you actually didn't want one film. You wanted three. Yeah, so I picked I picked the sequel trilogy as like an as its entirety because I needed a chance to defend them. Okay, so first of all, it continued the story. Were the movies good? That's a different conversation. But it did continue the story many many years later, after you know almost a decade of not having anything that actually continued the original plotline of the of the saga. Ray as a character, she's solid. She's a she. That's it. Like there was time for, was time for Star Wars to have a lead character that you could easily resemble that was not a princess. Like Princess Leia is great, and she is no doubt tough. But like Ray, Ray is a different kind of tough from Leia, I think. And now we have like Ahsoka in the live action, um, canon and etc. Anyway, um, continue the family line, which. Kind of doesn't really make any sense, but it does in my head because like Ben and like, like Ray's not actually a Skywalker, but like, yes, she is. But like, no, she's not at all because she's a Palpatine. Anyway, I think, I think it took the honor and the, I guess the, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like tightness, closeness, important, important, importance of the Skywalker name and kind of, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Oh, like, highlighted it? No, not highlighted. Like defended, but like not really. Like, like honored it, but like yeah. not really. Like, I think avenged it. There we go. And like avenged it really well. Yep. Oh, sorry. It wrapped up the classic saga in 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 an okay way. I don't know how else they how else the original saga could have gone in a different direction because it had been so long. It's also visually beautiful and the technology is better. And I, I like, like technologically and in the CGI with the fight scenes, it's like you objectively is better than the ones from the eighties because they are from the eighties. And I think the world building was significantly easier to do in the like two thousands. Right. The downside that I have for the sequels is what most people say um, the movies individually were not great. I think one or two of like, I think one of them was like, okay, but like as a whole, as a whole, they were good. Like, I think as a whole, they were solid, like six, but individually like solid fours. So that's, that's my critique of the, of the sequels. Okay. So cool. yeah, sequel I, can, trilogy. I can, I can defend the sequel trilogy very well. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. All right. Good stuff. And I'm going to go with the mandalorian so i decided to do something a little easier cars 2 is a challenge i'm gonna do something a little bit easier for star wars and i picked mandalorian so here are five reasons mandalorian is awesome and one reason why eh, not so awesome all right first the music 
I love the music of the Mandalorian. I love this new music. You know, John Williams was known for doing like most of the Star Wars music and all the films. And we had this new composer and it's awesome. I love the music Mm -hmm. for Mandalorian. Great stuff. I love that theme song. Absolutely. Second, I'm going to go with the visual and the technology, the visual impact and the technology used. This is groundbreaking technology. The way this looks on a television screen is cinema quality. It is fantastic. I think what they did to capture the, the, the visual feel of the Star Wars universe makes it awesome. That's the second. The third is it's awesome because, you know, the, you just did the sequel trilogy. It's got mixed reviews. Mm-hmm. People were like, we need something that is just authentically Star Wars. And like that if you're a Star Wars fan or if you're not, that it feels like Star Wars is in good hands. Right. Mandalorian did that. Correct. I think it established that Star Wars, good Star Wars storytelling is still possible. Yeah. And that there are creative people working on the Star Wars side, Dave Filoni and John Favreau. John Favreau. That are that it's in good hands and so let those guys do a lot of it so that's the third reason that it, it, it sort of proved right it the was good like star wars stuff is there disney didn't kill this it's done right star wars yeah the next is going to be for me is is more in the character realm and it's going to be i'm going to lump three characters all together and that's going to be grogu the introduction of grogu uh-huh. right great baby yoda love it that's a definite benefit of the mandalorian and then the live action Ahsoka and the return of Boba Fett. I think those three characters have made it just the Mandalorian did a great job with those three characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes you really want to care about them. A lot has really changed cool. with those characters, even since like the one or two episodes that Ahsoka and Boba Fett were featured in. And like, I don't know, I think it takes a lot of heart and I don't know, soul of a show to revive a character like that. Yep, absolutely. And then I would say the fifth reason the Mandalorian is awesome is in the very last episode, Luke. <laughs> Luke. I know it's felt like a character thing, but I think when you, if you are a, you know, original uh, if trilogy, you're old. If you're old. like me, <laughs> seeing that Luke character come in and do that damage with the lightsaber and flying in on his X Wing and, I mean, that was the way that ended was just fantastic. Awesome. All right. Yeah. So there you go. Five things. Plus one. What makes Mandalorian not so awesome? Well, it's hard to find something that makes it not so awesome, but I'm going to say this. The length of time between season two and season three. I wish I wish season three was coming sooner. Yeah. So it's a huge spread between the two. Of course, we have Book of Boba Fett right now. That's sort of filling in the gap. But but it's not Mandalorian. Yeah, I think I think the 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 space between seasons eh, kind of, <laughs> you know, you're on a high, you want to keep going, but it's it's going to be a long break between season two and season three. All right. So that's my plus one. Somebody may have something different from Mandalorian. That's yeah. Yeah. Negative. Cool. We'll see. All right. The last category is Marvel. Right. Yeah. You're going to go first and you're going to pick Captain America and the first Avenger, yeah. right? Okay. So I picked something a little Not out in of the, the Captain America, the first Avenger. Yeah. I kind of picked something a little out of the park for me because usually when we talk about Marvel, it's like, oh, yay, Doctor Strange, WandaVision, et cetera. But I mentioned very early on in this podcast that I love Captain America, first Avenger. <laughs> like, I, I think it's one of the best movies, 
Like, that's such a hot take. And I know it's like, but yeah, but like, Winter Soldier, like, whatever, whatever it's called. I don't know. <laughs> Winter Soldier. <laughs> Winter Soldier, like, whatever. Like, okay, no. First Avenger. So, it's my chance to defend it. Okay, so, it's, Captain America is the first Avenger. It's in the title. That makes automatically a plus one for me as part of the five, because like you can't have the Avengers without the first Avenger. Right. And like, That's it true. gives us a very solid, this kind of rolls into my second one of the origin story. It gives us a very solid ground to stand on as to who Steve Rogers is and who he's going to become, which is also kind of rolls into my third one for the planted seeds. Like it's in quotes, but like I said, origin story of the first Avenger that shows us who Steve Rogers is and who he has the ability and the like destiny I guess to become and what he's going to do when he's older older like as if he wasn't frozen in ice for 50 years anyway planet sees to the Milnor Milnir Milnir I'm so tired you guys (laughs) Thor's hammer Thor's hammer and the sacrificing of himself and etc like I don't know like I think I think you couldn't have had Captain America have Steve Rogers do what he did throughout any of the movies, actually, without showing us firsthand, right from the very beginning, the kind of honorable, strong, selfless man that he is. Do I like him? No, but that's a different conversation. Also, it's a good story. My last one, it's a great story. I maybe I was just really into like the whole like science and the weird like quote unquote gangs thing with uh, with Hydra, but like I love the story i think i love the plot it's so interesting i'm gonna make all my friends watch it with me one day and they're gonna be like why are you making me do this with you and i'm gonna be like i don't know deal with it um my minus one for captain america was originally that was underrated but i realized that that was dumb because i can't have it as a minus one when i had it as a plus one for soul so i'm changing it to the fact that it kind of doesn't It doesn't stand out in any real way. It kind of feels like every other war movie. Yeah, it's just kind of like an origin story. Right, like it doesn't stand out. Like, But here's the thing, like the Black Widow origin story movie and the Thor origin story movie kind of stand out because Thor was bad and Black Widow was really good. However, it's just, it kind of falls between the cracks. That's it. Like nothing, nothing about it particularly stands out. So that's it. There you go. Very good. Yeah, that was hard. Fal- uh, you had Captain America First Avenger. That was hard. I picked mm-hmm. uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, the Disney Plus show that came on. And I picked this one, too, because most people, even though they've enjoyed it, rank it as sort of the l- their least favorite <laughs> of all the Disney Plus Marvel stuff that's come out this year. And But I really enjoyed Falcon and Winter Soldier. Again, I wouldn't rank it above you know, Loki or WandaVision or Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Or any of the other ones that came out this year. So good. So, but there are five reasons why Falcon and Winter Soldier is freaking awesome. And one reason why not so awesome. Number one, new Captain America. Yeah. I think the whole story about who's going to be the next Captain America and tying that to, you know, at the end of Endgame when, you know, old man Cap gives Sam the -hmm. shield but you never see Sam become Captain America. And right. so I think watching Sam gradually, you know, earn the shield because he never felt like he earned it. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, you see him, his character evolve to the point where he finally realizes, yes, I do deserve to do this and, and I'm needed. 
I think that's great. So I'd say the new Captain America, uh, and I would say in parentheses, you know, Sam's character development. Yeah. Right. Number one. The second reason Falcon Winter Soldier is freaking awesome is the redemption of Bucky. Mm -hmm. Now, Bucky as a character was an assassin. Like Bucky killed a lot of people under the brainwashing of Hydra. Right. And coming to grips with it and watching the emotional toll it has taken on him to try to make amends for what he did when he was under Hydra's control. I really enjoyed watching Bucky's character yeah. evolve as well. I thought that was cool. So that's number two. I would say number three, kind of a combination of two, the relationship between Sam and Bucky, even in the films, you know, Sam and Bucky kind of had this frenemies relationship, right? right? They, 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 I think they respected each other, but they didn't like each other. It was like, a, I had him first. Yeah, but I have him now kind of thing. And really they were kind of battling over, I mean, in some ways you can say they were battling over who was Steve's best friend. Right. Was it Sam? Was it Bucky? It was always Bucky, but Bucky was gone. And then it was, it was Sam Bucky. and then Sam and Bucky came back. And uh, so it was Bucky, but I think them two together, I even told you this when the show was going, I wish Falcon and Winter Soldier had another season. Because I really enjoyed Sam and Bucky working together. I thought that was just really good, like a buddy cop type show, right? And yeah. I thought it worked really well. And it was funny. It had its good humor in there, too. So that's number three. Number four, I like how they tackled sensitive social issues in the show. Mm -hmm. um, whether it was uh, immigration or uh, treatment of African-Americans and their place in history. Um, I think, you know, the racial issues, how it was addressed with the um, uh, the older gentleman who was a super soldier during Korean War, I think it was. And, you know, and, and what, how we were introduced to all that. I thought that was a really um, brave thing for them to do. And I think they did it extremely well. That was very good storytelling. And I thought it added a lot of depth to a series that could have been very superficial. Can I add on to that really fast? Sure. I think it also adds depth to the fact that Sam is the new Captain America because Steve was Captain America when, like, I don't know, like, something about Sam being Captain America um, and defending, I don't know, I can't really explain it. It just kind of is. Like, it's, it's like a new, quote unquote, new era of America, despite the fact that these things have been issues for so long. Right. You know what I mean? And, like, now, like, Steve wasn't really like a part of that, I guess, which like sounds really terrible, but like Sam is, and he's going to like fight right. against it. Cool. Yeah, I agree. With you. I think that was a good, it added a layer of depth to the story that was needed. And I would say the fifth thing that makes Falcon Winter Soldier awesome, John Walker. I love John Walker. I thought that's a hot take <laughs> that, you know, Wyatt Russell's portrayal of John Russell was very good. People actually, started hating Wyatt Russell in real life. <laughs> he did such a look, if you're hating on an actor because you don't like their character, they've done a great job of portraying that character. Right. And so I think the John Walker character and sort of the very end meeting up with, you know, the I can't Lady Hydra, I guess is who we're calling her, uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yeah. So the same woman at the post credit scene of Black Widow with yeah, you know, Yelena Belova. Mm-hmm putting together what we think is a Thunderbolts, which is sort of a dark Avengers, kind of an evil Avengers or bad guy Avengers group. Yeah. You know, I think John Walker is U.S. agent, eventually becoming U.S. agent. I hate that it's called, that he's called U.S. agent. What a terrible name. Well, because you know, it's just 
character name. I mean, he couldn't be Captain America anymore. He's, now he's U.S. agent. So I think John Walker makes it awesome. All right. What makes it not so awesome? I really didn't care for the plot around the sort of the group that was trying to get the secret soldier serum that had yeah, taken the terrorist it. Group. Yeah, the, I think they were the hand or whatever they were. I don't I, have any idea. Yeah, the fact re- that we don't remember says a lot. But, I mean, were they really a terrorist group? Or I mean, I didn't like their methods, but what they were trying to do with the people who were snapped back and there was nowhere for all these millions of people that suddenly appeared. Right. And they then, were like, we're actually fighting for justice. And it was like, yeah, nobody I, cares about you. Go I didn't, away. I didn't like, I think it was just used as a vehicle to eventually have John Walker be able to take the super soldier serum. Right. right? And so I kind of wish they had done that differently. I mean, maybe with a secret government group, kind of like in, in, um, Captain America Winter Soldier, how it was actually Hydra who yeah. had infiltrated the government. I was kind of hoping there would be some kind of group operating within the government that was kind of supplying these things. I don't know, but I, I didn't like that. I, I didn't care for that part. It, that part didn't grip me in the story. I, right. I wasn't like waiting every week to find out what was going to happen with them fighting this group because everyone kind of knew they weren't really ultimately going to be the flag smashers. The, the, That's right. who they were. The flag smashers. Yeah, yeah, flag smashers. So I was I, I was know. significantly more interested in John Walker. Yeah, John Walker. I wasn't as interested in the Flag Smashers as a group. So there you go. That's my one for Falcon Winter Soldier. All right, Mimi. I think that about wraps it up. We've played our first round, our first game of five plus one. We've gone through. We, we can do this again. Maybe if people enjoy this, we can pick some other things. Yeah. Maybe has on. If you guys yeah. have ideas for movies or properties that you want us to create five plus ones for, that was a mouthful. Make sure to send us an email, disneyassembled at gmail.com, or send us a message on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at disneyassembled. Also, if you have opinions on what the things that we had to say today, make sure to hit us up on any of those lines. Also, our Patreon. No, pause. Let me start over. If you want to support the show further, there's always our Patreon, Public, and Biasadolip, and all of those things are linked on our website, disneyassembled.com. Make sure to check us out. Absolutely, yeah. And while you're there you know, hit the button by our YouTube channel. We'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're going to be putting more content up there. We'd like to do more on YouTube. So yeah, hit us up there. That'd be great. We'd really appreciate it. And if you haven't done so already, if you are listening to us on a podcast player that allows you to give ratings and or reviews, if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to give us a nice rating and to write a nice review. If you're on Apple Podcasts and you haven't done that five-star rating and written a little review yet, We'd really, really appreciate it. It helps the show show tremendously. And if you listen to us on Spotify, we know you can also give a five-star rating. And on Good Pods, I talked about Good Pods a little bit last week. We have that Good Pods uh, group that we're in, the Disney Podcast Assemble group. So if you're listening to us on Good Pods and you haven't rated the show yet, you can even rate the episodes on Good Pods. If you've enjoyed it, we'd really, really appreciate a five-star rating there. Thanks a lot. Yeah. All right. Mimi, good job. Five plus one. Awesome. High five for five plus one. It's been a lot of fun this week. All right. Let's get ready for episode 102, I guess. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We hope you've enjoyed it. And until next time, see see you real soon. soon.